It's Dave, and it's summer, and Reb is off writing. So rather than it be Let's Talk Money with Dave, we thought we would highlight some of our favorite shows. These are shows that we loved hosting and hope that you enjoy these encore presentations of Let's Talk Money. Money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Oh, that's good. So, I mean... When are you actually? I should. I was just going to say, when are you never ready to talk money? But lately, you've been like, I'm ready to talk money every time I ask that question. It's so. because I got some rest in January and February. Thank if you, you recall the first shows in January, I didn't want to talk about money. Okay. Actually, I told everybody, and we got all these calls about people worried about me okay. that I was tired or something. So I'm. Well, I'm thank yeah. you for reaching out, yes. those of you that are listening. <laughs> it, it actually means a lot to, to Reb and I when you do and say hello or say, what's going on? Or Dave, take your wife on a date or something like that. Like that's, you know, we're, we're talking about coaching today, but you know, that's advice giving. We'll talk about the difference between that, but I will receive your advice when, when it's given like that. So, um, uh. This is Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb. It and is. we're going to quickly say, go to notmine.ca, morethanenough.ca, chri.ca, and any podcasting platform you're likely to find us. So you can go listen to last week's show because we had Dr. Keith Webb, who's back again today. Hello. Hey, good to be here with you again. It's great. It was a great conversation. If you haven't listened to it, please go back to last week's show and listen um, and bring a pen and paper because you'll want to take notes. Um, some people are like, you know, fire hoses when they teach and speak and and he's so great. You just got to have your pen ready. So mm -hmm. when he it, we're just enjoying our time with you, Keith. So um, did you want to say anything else? Well, I was just going to pick up on last week's show and jump right in because, well, we want to jump right in. And last week we ended the show with this this thought that clarity um, it, it brings hope that that a lot of times and we see that we were just talking about, you know, how when some people come to our office just for that first meeting and and we create some clarity and and we and and all of a sudden they're walking out and they're lighter and they're you know there's a spring in the step and and that's a physical manifestation um of just just clarity we we actually haven't done anything yet we haven't changed anything yet and yet here it is uh there, there's hope and and that uh, just picking up on that, Keith, and we're going to continue the conversation. So what's next, right? So we have some clarity. What happens next? Well, once we get clear on what we're looking for, and if we can get clear, th then the the challenge becomes to get clear on the situation that you're in. In other words, mm -hmm. why do we do what we do? So as assuming that the behaviors we're doing are not the behaviors we want to be having, the key then becomes, why do we do those behaviors, even though we know those aren't the things we want to do? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it always reminds me of the passage in Romans where, you know, the things I do, I don't want to do. <laughs> the things yeah. I don't want complaint, to do, right? I end up doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's what 
that's one of the things that that uh, good coaching can go after is why do we do those things? And then what can we do instead? And so that's that would be the, those would be the next steps. So last week we talked about, I guess, these ins and outs of what coaching is, what it isn't. Um, and for us, because for those of you who don't know, More Than Enough has um, a coaching piece, a financial coaching piece, which um, Dave and our team has been doing for a number of years, helping people answer some of those questions. But I guess I wanted to ask you, Keith, how does this, because you are, you're not just a financial coach, or you don't train financial coaches, you teach all kinds of people in leadership positions. And I'm thinking particularly today, even just in families, parents, uh, communities, you know, leaders in a local church, how can some of what you teach about question asking, listening, digging into the heart issues more than just advice giving, how, how is that going to help us or uh, I guess I guess I'm just opening that topic here because I think it's an important one for all of us sure. to hear. Well, it is. And the fact is, is that all of us are looking for change in most areas of our life. We want to see our relationships change and improve, uh, marriage relationships, relationship with kids. We want to see those things improve. And yet the things that we're doing don't necessarily cause that improvement and we want to we want to grow closer to one another we want to see things happen in our church in our work in our communities we we're constantly looking for change right so one of the things that i've noticed is again i worked cross culturally so i was living in asia for 20 years and my advanced studies were around cross cultural leader development in other words, how do we develop as leaders in not just one culture, but how do many cultures do it? And then what are some of the principles in there? So we did a lot on communication and so on. And what I, one of the things I realized is that all change is, is prompted and caused by conversations. So conversations, I mean, think about it. You really can't do much of anything without conversations of some sort. And so you're, I mean, those could be written conversations, but verbal conversations are our normal way of things. And then when we write, we're often writing what we would say. So it's conversations. So one of the things I've seen is like your computer. So most people are listening to this on a device. Maybe they're listening over the radio, but imagine your computer. So your computer, I have an Apple computer that's that's sitting right here that I'm going through. There is the operating system of that computer. So that's what makes the computer go. All right. And then on top of that operating system are programs, individual programs. And we're using one to record this right now. And you use different programs for like word processing, for getting your email, uh, doing photos, doing Zoom or whatever. You're, those are programs. Right. So now those programs can be the best programs ever, but they won't work well if the operating system underneath is weak. And so one of the things that I've seen is the leverage that we have in making greater change is not just learn more about marriage principles or learn more about working with your teen, you know, communicating with teenagers or being a better leader or whatever it is. It's not, those are the programs. If we could do something with the base foundation, I think the base foundation operating system of all change are conversations. So 
my principle is if you change your conversations, you'll change your results. Mm. So my conversations were me telling people what I thought and what I think, what I feel. And that didn't always, so I got a certain result from that (laughs) and I didn't get the results I wanted. You know, I wanted them to go, oh, you're right, Keith. Well, I'm going to start doing that too. You know, it's like, and then like, of course you should, because that's how I think about things, right? The problem is, is they also think the same way. They're telling me their thing and they just expect me to suddenly change because they're, you know, because it's obvious that I should change to that. Right. And the problem is, is all of us feel this about everybody else. And so right. we need to. We, so we need to do that. So my conversations going that way where I just told and just said wasn't doing it. And so what I realized is I need to change my conversations. And the way I changed my conversations was instead of telling people everything I thought felt about things, instead, I started asking them what they thought and felt about things. And when they start, when they get a chance to share what they think or feel about it, it changes things. And th- there's actually neuroscience around what happens in the brain between when you are listening and engaged with somebody else's ideas and what happens when in your brain when you are sharing what you think or feel about something. When you think or feel about something, when you're sharing it, like right now for me, thank you very much. My brain's like going, I got fireworks going on upstairs. And what it does is it hits the mesolimbic dopamine system in your brain. It's the pleasure center of your brain. So mine's like really happy right now because I'm sharing about something I'm passionate about. So when you listen to someone, their brain gets that feeling of pleasure. I have a book on my shelf here. That's an old book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's mm-hmm. from 1930, I think, five. Yeah. And what he discovered was, if you listen to people and ask them questions, they will be happy. And if they're happy, they'll like you. And if they like you, they'll buy from you, right? He was into sales. So yeah. they'll buy from you. And they like you. So, so what he's teaching in the book is, Stop telling everybody what you think. Stop selling your product or whatever it is, but listen and ask questions and people will be responsive to you as a result. Okay. I'm just so excited that you said that out loud because I, I just love, I love people's stories. I've always loved asking questions. I, I I still like you write in your book, um, which is if you haven't, if you're just tuned in today, it's called the coach model for Christian leaders, um, which Dave and our team has been using um, as a guidebook for, for us in learning and training. But um, uh, when, you know, like listeners know when someone cares about them or even pretends to care, because sometimes someone can have a bad day and just pretend anyway, but you, you just do the right thing. You listen and you ask questions and all of a sudden they feel like a million bucks because you I like, and I feel that way. I drives me crazy when you offer, and we were talking about this because we were talking about processing emotion and how in a marriage and in finances, especially a woman, um, there's some research out there that we did a podcast about but but a woman wants her emotions heard but a guy just wants to get to the problem solving and answer the so- the problem but i just want dave to hear me i want him to ask me well how does that make you feel i'm so sorry like is that hard for you and like 
because all of a sudden, even if he pretends empathy, because he has to listen to people all day long, if he's pretend, I'm like, oh, thank you for asking. Hey, hey, wait a minute, I got to pause here. <laughs> for those that are listening that that have heard, I do not fake empathy. Okay, I, I, I want to set that straight. When you're sitting or we're in a call, or um, I am fully engaged. Make it you make it. Okay, okay, he pretends so, with me. The context, little, context. little disclaimer. Not, there. He cares about everybody he sees in his office. Anyway, but I anyway, you can tell I get really excited about this. I just love how you just said it. I could put it over a blowhorn over all of Ottawa so that we would all hear. Now, I'm sure, like, do you have bad days? Like, are you always on, like, listening and asking questions? Oh, are you kidding me? I am not a natural <laughs> listener. I am not a natural question asker. I'm a natural know-it-all. I got, I'm telling you, I have the answers for you. And if you just be quiet long enough, I'll give them to you. That's the natural me. That's my personality. So I have on my back, which you can't see here, but on my back, I have a switch. And that switch is my coaching or asking questions, listen switch. And it is naturally in the off mode. I have to on purpose, turn it on. And I joke about this, but my wife will tell me, uh, Keith, turn on the switch. <laughs> because She's like, you know how to listen and you're not listening right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. And now I've gotten good enough at it because see, this is one of the things that we teach people. Some people are natural listeners. And question askers are naturally curious that way, right? I, I'm naturally curious, but I don't do it through dialogue. I, 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 I like go after my curiosity through other things like research and observ observing and things like that. So other people are naturally curious through dialogue. And so they're, they're asking and listening and finding out. So, so I'm not natural that way. What I found is, though, coaching is a lot of skills, and they can be taught as skills. A lot of people teach them as intuition. Oh, you just go with your intuition. Well, my intuition is to advise you. So that's not going to get very far. But if you teach it as a skill, then it can become effective and people can learn those skills. They can learn how to listen. They can learn how to generate feedback instead of give feedback. They can learn how to empathize. And so, Dave, I, I actually teach uh, people and I'll say, okay, here's what you need to say. All you got to say is, be quiet a little bit and then say, that must be difficult. And then I'll say, okay, you try it. And the, and the guy, it's usually a guy. He'll go, that must be difficult for you. I said, don't add the for you. Now all of a sudden it's, it's difficult for you, but it wouldn't be for me. You know, and now you're in a bigger fight. You're going to get in trouble. So don't add words. Just don't, simply don't say. Just follow the Yeah, just follow the instructions here, buddy. That must be difficult. And he's like, but I don't think it is. It's not for you. It's for her, right? You know? And so it is different. And as soon as you say that, you know, she goes, it's difficult. I feel so listened to, you know? And that's the thing is it's not just men. It's not just men, women, because um, I've seen plenty of women that are not empathetic as well and are real problem solvers out there. So the point is, is that we do need to listen long enough and that people need to. Empathy is a, a real thing. If people don't feel like you care, then they don't want to share with you. Yes. Right. And the way yeah. that people feel cared for is if they're listened to. There was a psychologist who said something close to this. He said, the closest behavior or listening, or actually he said being heard is the closest thing to being loved 
that we can relate. In other words, the behavior that most most closely correlates with being loved is being heard. And so if you if I feel heard, I feel loved. Now, in business, mm-hmm. we don't often talk about feeling loved, right? But what are employees looking for? What they'll say, I want to be, um, I want to be valued. I want to be respected. Well, what's respect and valued if it's not loved, right? It's the same thing. So when we don't listen to people, people don't feel respected. They don't feel heard. They don't feel cared for. They don't feel loved. So when we do the, when we do listen, they feel all those things. So if you want to enhance all of your relationships, you have to change your conversations because most of our conversations is is you say something and then I say something and then you say something and I say something and w- no one's really listening. We're just responding to each other. Yeah, I was I was yeah. just saying, uh, you know, it's you say something and I'm thinking about what I'm going to say before uh, you're done what you say. Then I say something and you're thinking about saying something that that uh, needs to be said while I'm saying something. And that's not really a conversation because neither one of us are actually listening. Right. So, And I, I think anyone yeah. out there who's listening can identify with this conversation, because as much as we joke about it, I was actually wondering if the next step in your business was going to be providing, you know, earbuds for everybody and you speak speak the next question you know say this now say this now you know maybe that you probably make a lot of money doing that you know but i i mean that that it's a funny that's what i wrote the book for (laughs) (laughs) but i mean it, it is a kind of a funny thing but at the same time i'm listening to you say this how serious is this that we're not listening to one another and I'm thinking just in the financial story, one of the things we do in one of our workshops at the very beginning of our time together is talk about our money stories. And, and people have to think about and write down where they come from financially and then express that to their spouse or their partner or their family and, and, and be heard so that it gives context for some understanding at least and maybe some question asking, like you say, because that listening piece, you know, we, you know, I mean, Dave and I have been married 30 years and I'm, I don't know how long you guys have been married, but it's, it's still, especially now with technology and phones in hand and working from home and our kids mulling around, we have to put the stuff down and look them in the face and listen to what they're saying. Cause we're losing, we are losing our generations because we aren't listening and engaged with people and, and asking those questions. Yeah. The, especially when it comes to a uh, couple's finances, because as one person talks, the other person feels threatened because if, if, if we start going down that track about how we're going to defend, it means I have to not, I can't do this or this or this, or I need to suddenly, suddenly I feel responsible that I, I need to, you know, make a whole lot more. And where am I going to have to get a new job and I'm, uh, or, or whatever, or I'm not going to be able to do the things that make me happy, or I'm not going to be able to do the things that make me feel secure. Or we're, and so as soon as the person starts talking, the other person starts feeling threatened. And so the difficulty is hearing people out long enough to get past the initial um, thing to get to what's the deeper down thing that that person's looking for. Mm -hmm. But most of us don't listen long enough or probe 
uh, at all. And, and we respond or, or more than respond, we react and basically shut that down. And, and that's, that's where you get these unresolved tensions. Um, and money is a key one, right? Money is a key one. And then, as you all know, from money tensions, it, that ekes into every other part of the relationship, you know? So, uh, so we, yeah. we've got to get into, so, so listening longer and then probing about, about why they feel that way or what's beneath that. So it's, it's like, I, I just want to feel secure. Well, what would make you feel secure? Well, if we had $2 million in the bank, that would make me feel secure. Well, that's not the answer, but we often will start and then mm-hmm. stop there. And then we start arguing about $2 million. Oh, it's not 2 million. It's really only a million and a half, you know, or, or what, you know, it's like, who cares? It's not, it's not the amount that is the issue here. It's the security. And we're, we, we start arguing mm-hmm. about the wrong thing. And so we got to get into yeah. what's the security piece there. Yeah, interesting little little side note there. That there's a study that that uh, I read a little while ago where they, they just pulled, you know, what would make you feel secure in finances if you're in in terms of your salary, and all the way along they asked the people making twenty five grand, it was fifty. They asked the people making fifty, it was a hundred. They asked the people making a exactly. hundred, it was two hundred. And and that speaks to that, right? Is is you know if I can find a way to spend a hundred thousand dollars, well, I need two hundred to feel secure, right? Because I'm not secure now, and I'm at a hundred, right? So, um, you know, it really does speak to that that there is something underlying. There's whatever it is. There's another reason. It's not about the money. It's not about the amount. Um, you know, it's not even about the, necessarily the education. It is what's going on underneath. And to probe into that, um, we, we've got a few minutes left, and, and I really wanted to to, to finish the show by um, talking a little bit about like the the as we probe the the realization of time, um, like it takes time and energy to you know. And Reb and I we're, we're, we'll talk about that in the context of our relationship. That you know sometimes you know I don't want to listen. Sometimes like, and it's not because I don't love her and it's not because I don't want to solve the problem. Um, it's just faster to, to give the advice to go, just go do this and, and get out of my hair kind of attitude. How do you, how do you rub up against that in terms of coaching and what that means? Well, I, I am super results oriented. So basically if it didn't work, I wouldn't do it. And if there were a faster way, I would do that instead. So I've moved to coaching because it's actually faster. Because think about it. The, the money problem or the, the money disagreements that people have, how much progress have they made and how long have they been working at it? Well, 20 years, 30 years. You know, that's, that's a long time. That's pretty slow work, you know. And, but, and so is it worth having five hours of conversations? Well, that takes yeah. so long. Well, five hours versus 20 years of this low simmer, you know, this low simmer conflict that's been going on. Well, that's five hours is suddenly faster. So it's the it's the issue of of the, and everybody faces it. It's the issue of expedience versus effective. It feels expedient to just give your advice or to, like I said, to shut down the conversation when, when one person in the couple's sharing and the other person shuts them down with, well, I'm not going to be able to get another job. So 
you're just going to have to learn to live within the means, you know, like this it shuts down that conversation. Well, that's not, that might be effective for, okay, therefore problem solved. Well, there was no problem solved. It's still there and they're just going to continue to suffer with it. So instead what's effective and effective is going to mean going slower to go farther or going slower to go faster uh, in the end. And so that's, for, that's what I'm about. And if I didn't believe it worked, I wouldn't do it at all. I have many uh, options of how I can work with people available to me, but this is the this is the one that I see the most results with. So I'm going to ask the two of you because we do have uh, just a quick if if you could pick um, I so here's the advice giving what kind of questions do you think couples could ask in their financial journey together if they're struggling what what kind of questions could we leave them with today. Uh, Dave, do you, you want to share first and then I'll <laughs> join? I was going to let the guests go first. My goodness, Rev, like drop the bomb uh, here at the end, right? I didn't prep so. them for this. <laughs> so I, I will definitely go first. I, I mean, I think the uh, um, really just what we've talked about in these last two shows, um, the the creating clarity, making sure, honey, do I understand what your what the real issue is like do i honey how can i get clear around what what's really being communicated here is it about the money is it about the heart is it about the security is about is it about fear like you know like all of these so so some of the questions right off the get-go are are just going to be am i hearing you well like is this a technical thing um you're just overwhelmed today and and you need me to pay some bills Okay, I can hear that. We can, or do we need to spend that five hours? To, so let's. Let me, am I hearing you properly? It was probably the that clarifying question around that would be one. Uh, for for me, as you're asking questions and having a discussion about finances, you could say, "So, what do you think about our finances right now?" And then you're letting the other person talk, right? So for me, the key is, is how do you follow that question up? In other words, they start talking, we start to hear something that makes us uncomfortable, but instead of responding or immediately they jump it back to you, maybe, maybe they're a more compliant person. <laughs> they're like, uh, well, I just, I, I feel like we could do a lot better than we do. What do you think? You know, is don't, don't bite on that and say, well, say more about that. So that's one of the questions I would, I guess that's not a question. It's a statement, but say more about that. It, it's just to have that in your, you got to practice it. It's like, that must be difficult. You know, you have to, you have to write it down, practice it. So you're ready when it comes time. Right. So say more about that. And then as they talk about that, say that there's another one. If you want to find out what's happening inside somebody, you have to ask them what's happening inside of them. So you just simply ask, so what's happening inside of you as you share all this? And it often unlocks something else. I don't say, what emotions are you experiencing right now? Because for a lot of people, they don't know what emotions they're experiencing, and they wouldn't know how that relates anyway. But when you just simply ask, what's happening inside of you? They'll share. They'll say, I, I just feel really confused, or I feel really happy that you're listening to me right now. I feel like we're really connecting. I feel like we're finally getting somewhere. Or you know, things like that. And you'll realize that even though you're hearing the difficulty, they're 
they'll share something, the, the feeling behind it, because it's emotions that cause us to make decisions. And so we've got to speak at that level. Well, we just thank you, um, Keith, for coming today. It's beautiful. And I love the advice you both gave at the end. Father, we just thank you for this time together. And um, we pray that it will seal some things for people and uh, motivate them and encourage them to ask these questions in their relationships. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So thanks again, Keith. We so appreciate you joining us today. What a what fun. So Yeah, it's great. Thanks again. Yeah, it's good to be on. I appreciate what you do and how you're serving people with their financial situations. Thank you very much. Thanks so much again, Keith. And, and for those of you who are listening, join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.